Listener Production. US investors hold their nerve overnight as the head of the central bank continues to point to more rate hikes. And Aussie shares expected to open higher on Friday with end of quarter trading in focus. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday, June 30. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, it's the end of the month. It's the end of the quarter. It's in the half year. Happy ear fist, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Has it been happy? Well, the first half of this year has been pretty good. I mean, if you look at what's happened as far as the S&P 500 is concerned, yes. it's up 14.5% so far this year, and it's on track for its best June performance since January. We've got the NASDAQ climbing least 30%, heading for its best first half since 1983. You make a good point, Ryan, in terms of context. So when you think about that window of time and you think of all of the things that have been thrown at the market and for it to prosper the way it has, what stands out to me is that contrast between the headlines and the reality of how these markets have been performing. Absolutely. And last night we did see a prime example of that with unexpectedly strong economic data. It's been a bit of a theme lately. It has. And in particular, the labour market is the source of strength at the moment. We saw initial jobless claims or claims for unemployment benefits at a state level fall unexpectedly by 26,000 to 239,000 last week. So markets were expecting claims of 265,000. So the labour market remains very, very strong at the moment. Unsurprisingly, with the strength of the economic figures that we have seen lately and the latest iterations we've seen US interest rates in terms of two and 10-year treasury notes. Last night, it wasn't just a move higher, they vaulted higher. So you had a two-year treasury note up by 14 basis points. So short-term interest rates up by a substantial margin. Longer-term interest rates up substantially by about the same margin, a 10-year treasury note yielding 3.84%. And for stocks to hold up to the extent that they did, uh, particularly the NASDAQ, it finished uh, flat, it was down by uh, 0.4 of a point. But with that move higher for bond yields, normally that's not just a headwind, that's like a gust that will knock you off your feet. It was very surprising that the NASDAQ closed broadly flat in that environment. Typically, as you mentioned, when bond yields surge that much, tech shares are under enormous pressure. We did see some pressure applied to mega caps, including Amazon, Microsoft, and NVIDIA, which were all down by up to 0.9%. But not quite the sell-off one was expecting. If you were to offer a caveat, uh, given the ruling of a line underneath the month, the quarter, etc., cetera, uh, you'd probably just be taking things with a grain of salt for the moment. Next week will be quite important to see uh, how portfolio managers are arranging themselves as a new financial year kicks off, I suppose. Absolutely. And the earnings forecasts and expectations going forward will be very important as far as what happens with the US share market, in my opinion. So let's just quickly get under the bonnet on a couple of things because, again, you know, speaking to that strength of the economy uh, and indeed to an extent the strength of the consumer, you know, we have seen retail-centric stocks do quite well in the last day. Uh, when you consider that the housing market is beginning to at least consolidate in the United States, and again, I put this into the context of you know the procession of rate hikes that have featured over the course of the last year, right? The catastrophizing and the Cassandras that were expecting the sky to fall in, 
probably have to go back to the whiteboard. Indeed, and we saw shares in sportswear make a Nike close up 0.3%. They did fall around 1% after the closing bell after it announced its earnings results. So its sales beat expectations, although it did miss on earnings as margins did drop. So the story around profit margins, growing inventories and the like is an important one in this dynamic. But importantly, we did see those strong sales from Nike. Look, and still capturing the zeitgeist, H&M. Um, uh, something of a phenomenon. They had a stunning uh, share price reaction anyway to, to their quarterly results. That's right. We did see the world's second biggest fashion retailer beat expectations for its second quarter profit. H&M shares climbed 18.2% to the highest in more than a year. So, you know, you've got uh, retailers doing well. You've got the housing market improving. You've got the Fed chairman talking about more rate hikes. Uh, and stock markets holding their nerve. How do you kind of join the dots on all of that? Well, it's certainly an uncertain backdrop at the moment, if that makes sense. And well, it does, but it's been an uncertain backdrop for like the last five years. It has. But what we did hear from Jerome Powell, he was in Spain this time. He's doing a bit of a tour of Iberia. So things are quite nice for Jerome at the moment. He's probably got the Hawaiian shirt on. And we heard from him <laughs> last night and he said that it'll be necessary to increase interest rates by at least another two more times to bring inflation under control. And that could take place in back-to-back meetings. So what that suggests is that Powell is signaling that the pause is about to end and we're about to see a restart of or resumption. Well, can you call it a pause? I mean, it was like probably an, uh, One a, meeting. Com- a comma, yeah, rather than anything more meaningful. So it remains to be seen. Uh, next week, of course, we have the RBA meeting. Uh, yesterday's retail sales numbers a bit stronger than expected. But, you know, to put that into context, October last year, we had uh, retail sales were running at an annualized pace of about 12% odd. They fell off a cliff thereafter, running at around 4.7% in annualised terms at the moment. Retail sales locally are sluggish. So nothing in those figures that would be a catalyst for the RBA raising rates at least next week. Well, in terms of the numbers yesterday, what was driving the 0.7% monthly increase, which was much higher than expected. We're expecting flat 0.1. Thereabouts. And what drove it was Mother's Day sales. Bringing, it was like the uh, October period last year where the, those black yeah, Friday November, sales bought everything. October, November. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And we also saw the bring forward of end of financial year sales. So there's a lot of discounting taking place, the clearing of inventory stock levels, which remain elevated for some fashion yeah. retailers. And we did, however, see very strong takeaway services and, and certainly- It seems did, to be how people are treating themselves like- getting some Uber Eats. That's it. Also going to restaurants. So all that plays into the fact that services activity remains buoyant at the moment. So the retail sales data would still suggest that the Reserve Bank has some work to do to get demand under control. Don't you think it's a folly that with core and headline inflation uh, north of 6%, that this discussion around a pause is is warranted, right? It's like, well, I'm playing the devil's advocate. Absolutely. Well, in terms of what the Reserve Bank will look at, they've said it quite explicitly recently, and they're looking at unit labour costs, they're looking at the labour market, looking at services, inflation, and developments overseas. So what we heard overnight was uh, appetite for the biggest central yeah. bankers, the US, UK, Europe, and Japan. Uh, there's certainly an appetite there to lift rates, less so Japan, of course, yeah. they're, they're an outlier, but 
There's appetite to restart hiking campaigns from the US Federal Reserve. The Reserve Bank, are they going to be the outlier in all this? I don't think so. I think that with the very strong labour market numbers that we saw, wages pressures with the minimum wage increase from July 1, electricity prices are going to lift from July 1, core inflation, underlying inflation remain strong. Yep. So I really don't it's see hard. why you'd yeah. pause, but I can understand why some people I would mean, say they've looked at the minutes and the minutes of the latest Reserve Bank meeting would indicate or suggest that there may be some patience to see the lagged effect of those interest rate hikes work through the economy. One of the challenges with reading the tea leaves with the RBA is that they're they seem to be you know uh, wobbling around a lot in terms of their narrative. Whereas you know you look at Northern Hemisphere central bankers and they are on point every time they open their mouths around the fact that inflation is high and the risk is that interest rates are going to be higher as well in the medium term. They don't deviate from that message. So I know that the Reserve Bank is you know doing a very good job in terms of trying. You know, not to have people wake up and have a stroke in the morning because we're always talking about rate hikes. But the reality is that their message management just needs to be finessed a little bit. Well, we have seen that is during that, the course that, of the year. I, 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 I think that's a fair assessment. The Ford guidance has been a little bit challenged at times. So certainly we have seen the Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, move from a more dovish tone to a more hawkish tone in the last few months. I think they've been surprised by the persistence of services inflation in particular, which has been something we've seen overseas. So there has also been concerns around the lift in wages. Australia has lagged on the wages front relative to the rest of the world. So there is some unease about Mm. the fact that we'll see those wage increases and the labour market still remains tight. So really we're at 4.1%. We're restrictive, but possibly not restrictive enough to bring inflation under control. So what I've been trying to get to is that the calculation by the market, at least, uh, after the retail sales number, which was the next important element to fall into place, is that there's only a very small chance of a rate hike next week, according to the markets, which is a little bit surprising. But the prospect of a rate hike in August is now affirmed. It's a two in three chance. The reason for that is that we get the June quarter consumer price index at the end of July. Some economists are saying that there could be a pause. It gives the Reserve Bank time to assess the data, the lagged impact of those rate hikes to flow through the real economy. And we'll wait and see what that number looks like and then the likelihood of lifting in August is is, is stronger. Strong. But my argument would be, well, why wait? The monthly consumer price yeah. index suggests that underlying inflation is above 6% and still strong. Precisely. Today, we will look forward to a modest improvement as far as the ASX 200 is concerned. The futures are indicating that we'll be up by around 0.2% or about 13 points. Commodity prices, a bit firmer, uh, nothing to mention in letters home. Uh, the European and US benchmarks up by just a short of a half of 1%. Uh, gold prices a little bit easier. And we've got uh, metals prices down by more than 1% in the case of copper and aluminium. Ryan, how do you think today will take shape? There's going to be some key economic data released out of China today, Tom. So we get the latest update on activity in the manufacturing and services sector. And that will give us a barometer on whether China's economy is showing signs of life. There's been a lot of talk about stimulus. So There's a lot of talk, but not much delivered. If you were to put a gun to your head today with these Chinese PMI numbers, they're going to be weaker. Really, that will then bring into the discussion about 
the more urgent need for targeted stimulus in China. And I just want to bring into the conversation quickly, Ryan, because we're running out of time. Uh, Last night on Wall Street, we saw a very impressive performance from bank stocks. And the reason for that is that they pass the stress tests which are applied to them by by the US Federal Reserve. Uh, JP Morgan up 3.5%, Goldman Sachs up 3%. Uh, Second tier organizations in the financial space like Travelers and Amex also got a boost up by more than a percent. So it's a question to whether or not you you get a little bit of uh, support at the margins for local financial stocks based on that. Well, that's right. And we did see the annual exam of 23 large US lenders, which is closely watched by the financial industry, that really saw those banks pass with flying colours. And, and again, put that into the context of you know the last six months in terms of the banking crisis. You know, indeed, uh, although you need I would to have point a plan out, for when the sun comes up. But indeed, we, we did focus on the large banks last night rather than the smaller lenders. So true. the results determine how much capital banks need to set aside as a cushion, potentially clearing the way for dividends and stock buybacks as requirements are met. So that could lead to payouts, which is really important. And we did see the likes of Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo and Bank of America all up on the back of that. Indeed. Ryan, have a great weekend. Thanks very much for tuning in today, dear listener. And indeed, if you've been supporting us lately, uh, we're grateful. Uh, please... Like us, follow us, drop a comment. Uh, We're still finding our way in this enterprise, so we'd be delighted to hear from you if you've got suggestions about how we might better serve your needs because essentially that's why we're here. So thanks very much for that. Have a great weekend. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.